Our Heavenly Father, referring to his beloved son, said, Hear him. As you act on those words and listen to him, remember joyfully and reverently that the Savior loves to restore what you cannot restore. He loves to heal wounds you cannot heal. He loves to fix what has been irreparably broken. He compensates for any unfairness inflicted on you. And he loves to permanently mend even shattered hearts. Welcome to LDS Real People, Real Lives. This is Stephanie Colvin, and I am your host, coming to you from beautiful Southern California. I am late on publishing this episode. I appreciate your patience. Welcome, welcome. And if you're new, welcome to the podcast. If you have any questions, um, anything that you're looking to inquire about, or even a topic that you would like me to cover, please DM me on Instagram at LDSRPRLpodcast or you can email me at LDSRealPeopleRealLives at gmail.com. That is plural, LDSRealPeopleRealLives at gmail.com. The topic this week is unfairness and the gospel of Jesus Christ. The topic this week is unfairness in the gospel of Jesus Christ. As we witness what's happening in the Middle East with continuous war, many would say it's unfair. It's unfair for the Palestinians. It's unfair for Israel. It's even unfair for Hamas. I'm sure that they feel that way. We continue to see the effects of a pandemic and the mandates that have been given, which many feel is unfair as well. It seems as if there is no end to the decided conclusions people drum up to continue to divide us either by skin color, culture, beliefs, religion, and even who should wear a mask and who shouldn't. Why aren't people all getting vaccinated or why are all people getting vaccinated? That unfairness continues with a small, sweet four-year-old taken from his bed in the middle of the night in Texas sleeping next to his twin brother and murdered by a neighbor without any sense to be given to the atrocity. There are many within the church who feel this or that is unfair and are on shaky ground even now. Their faith they have acquired being questioned 
or they are going to the extreme and leaving the church while requesting their names to be removed from the records of God. He is a record keeper, and to me this is the greatest sadness of all, to desire to be removed from the list of God's people. The list goes on and on, and not all are as dastardly as the above list. Unfairness can be on a small scale as well, such as a little girl wondering why her sister gets new shoes when she was the last one to get the shoes. She did not have the ability to understand as her mother did that her sister had outgrown her shoes, whereas she hadn't, so the need for the sister was greater. Or how about being cut off in traffic followed with a finger in the air that isn't so fun to see? Maybe you have come across a neighbor who isn't so neighborly. I'm sure a neighbor or two would feel that way about me. It's difficult for me to focus on them when the needs are so great in my immediate family, and I hope for their understanding. Recently, my husband has been lamenting about the situation with his father, and rightfully so. It's very hard to watch your loved ones leave this earth ever so slowly. It takes a lot for the body to die. It's unfair, he says, and feels that it's unfair. I lost a brother when I was 19 years old. I get and understand the unfairness. I thought that was unfair, and I remember yelling at God that day with all the energy I had in my weak understanding of his divine plan and patriarchal blessings. You see, it said in my brother's blessing that he would have a family and children, yet he died. I never thought that blessing was speaking of the hereafter instead of the here now. My husband's father has decided to once again fight and is now going to UCLA to see if anything can be done and will be receiving physical therapy in hopes of changing his situation, which right now he is completely dependent for all things in his daily life. It is all simply unfair. Today I'm supposed to leave to go see my family, which includes my son and his family, my brother and his family and my parents. I've been planning and anxiously waiting for this day only to have my car's check engine light come on days ago and the mechanic still cannot figure out what's going on with my car. So I sit here absolutely frustrated at the thought that I can't go see them or my grandson, which I need. I need that time with them as they fill my batteries and they edify me. I need this visit desperately. So what can we do about these feelings of unfairness? I continue to live with a relationship with someone in my family that's difficult and hard. I've even had my parents tell me I cannot visit their home when this person's there. I have had a few months to work through these feelings I didn't even imagine I would have. And family who tells me that their request, my parents' request, was unfair because on the outside it looks as if they are picking one family member over another. So what can we do? How do we use the gospel of Jesus Christ to have peace in the midst of so much hard and unfairness? Do you really think that this is the first time in the history of the world that there's been so much wickedness and evil? So much wrong, so much unfair? Elder Rinland gave a fantastic talk this last conference about unfairness, which teaches us to use the atonement, which is infinite, of Jesus Christ to find peace with the unfairness and to remember that God in Christ will consecrate the experience for our good if we choose to be contrite and faithful. We may not take that path at first, but as long as we make our course corrections and repent to get on the path of faith and being contrite, we are taken care of with other love, empathy, 
compassion, and divine perfection. Elder Rinland shared a story of a gentleman he encountered while flying to Rwanda. As he spoke to him and introduced himself, always being friendly and a missionary wherever they go, as is his calling, the gentleman lamented about the unfairness of the genocide that took place in his country in the mid-90s, I believe due to tribal tensions. This is understandable, right? Hundreds of thousands of people died. I totally get it, the pain and the suffering, at least to my own limited understanding. We don't understand why it had to happen, and then trying to reconcile this genocide with the God that he knows, who is loving, caring, kind, and loves us perfectly, was very, very difficult for him. Consider a couple's children who are paid weekly allowances. One child receives the allowance and immediately spends it, receiving instant gratification from the work and reward while another child saves their money and over time purchases a bicycle. When this happens, the other child that spent their money immediately feels as if it is completely unfair that they did not get a bike too. You see, our choices matter. The choices we make have consequences and sometimes those consequences can seem unfair. Elder Renland teaches us that our decisions can likewise yield long-term advantages or disadvantages and as the Lord revealed, if a person gains more knowledge and intelligence in this life through his or her diligence and obedience than another, he or she will have so much the advantage in the world to come. When others receive benefits because of their diligent choices, we cannot rightly conclude that we have been treated unfairly when we have had the same opportunity. We must have opposition in all things, as it says in 2 Nephi chapter 2, verse 11, for it must needs be that there is an opposition in all things. If not so, my firstborn in the wilderness, righteousness could not be brought to pass, neither wickedness, neither holiness nor misery, neither good nor bad. Wherefore, all things must needs be a compound in one. Wherefore, if it should be one body, it must needs remain as dead, having no life, neither death, nor corruption, nor incorruption, happiness, nor misery, neither sense or insensibility. Then in verse 15 of that same chapter, it says, And to bring about his eternal purposes in the end of man, after he had created our first parents, and the beasts of the field, and the fowls of the air, and in fine all things which are created, it must needs be that there was an opposition, even the forbidden fruit, in opposition to the tree of life, the one being sweet and the other bitter. Unfairness is part of this proving ground experience here on earth, and I know that's hard to accept and swallow, especially when the unfairness comes to us in large scale, such as a child custody battle, divorce, losing a job, not receiving pay increases or bonuses as needed and expected, or even having a loved one pass on and unexpectedly and so on. The promise given to us as we choose to utilize our faith and remain diligent in our faith to use the atonement. And remember that Christ has paid for all sins and debts. There can even be different types of unfairness that merge, creating a tsunami of overwhelming unfairness. Look at what happened to Christ while he was here on earth. He lives with the constant reminder of that unfairness and all he did to pay for our transgressions and sins with the scars in his hands, feet, and side. They are loving reminders to him of why he did it and how much he loves us. He lives to serve us and to bring us back home. 
Elder Renlin declares, Jesus Christ both understands unfairness and has the power to provide a remedy. Then we have the Israelites who complained about all of their unfairness, not realizing that their decisions, attitude, even their lack of faith and more put them on that path. They walked in the wilderness for 40 years because of their stubbornness, yet many, I am sure, felt God was being completely unfair, leaving them in the wilderness for so long. However, just as a hand does not forgive, does not forget her chick, God does not forget a single child. Christ declares his devotion steadfastly to us, saying, Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. He empathizes perfectly with us, and he is always aware of us in our circumstances. Make no mistake. Elder Rillen goes on to teach us, In mortality we can come boldly to the Savior and receive compassion, healing, and help. Even while we suffer inexplicably, God can bless us in simple, ordinary, and significant ways. As we learn to recognize these blessings, our trust in God will increase, and the eternities, Heavenly Father, and Jesus Christ will resolve all unfairness. We don't need to know the details such as where and when. We just need to know that they will. The infinite atonement covers all unfairness and makes things right. For Christ overcame the world and absorbed all unfairness. Because of this, we can have peace, contentment, and even joy. He will use the unfairness to benefit us and to consecrate it for our good. For when we remain faithful and do our best to be worthy, all our experiences will be consecrated for our good, for there is much for us to learn to become like them, Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. So let us focus on developing faith in Christ and Father. Christ has the power to make it all right. We don't have to become bitter, but with this knowledge, we certainly can become better. As we strive to become like our Savior, we can use our talents, compassion, empathy, and understanding to alleviate unfairness in our sphere of influence. Remember that the Savior directed us to be anxiously engaged in a good cause and to do many things of our own free will, which will bring to pass much righteousness. Elder Rinland shares a story of a lawyer who defends those who have been wrongly accused. The gentleman the lawyer was representing had been accused of the most heinous of crimes, murder, and he was condemned to die. Mr. Stevenson, who is the lawyer, asked his local Christian community church for support, even though the man was not active in church due to an affair that he had had. He was ostracized because of the affair, so he stopped going to church. To focus the congregation on what truly mattered, Mr. Stevenson, the lawyer, spoke of the woman accused of adultery in the scriptures. Remember that story? The people were ready to condemn her outright. However, Christ said to them, He that is without sin, let him first cast a stone at her. And the accusers withdrew. Christ didn't condemn her either, but charged her to go forward and sin no more. She glorified Christ in her life from then on. After telling the story and reminding the congregation of the mercy of the Lord, he then said, we can't simply watch that happen. So what does he mean? 
Mr. Stevenson had observed how Christians have become angry and hurled stones at people who stumble. He encouraged the congregants to become stone catchers. Not throwing stones is the first step in treating others with compassion. The second is to try and catch stones thrown by others. How we deal with life's advantages and disadvantages is part of life's tests and lessons. When we view life's circumstances with an eternal perspective, it can be clarifying for us. As we become more like the Savior, we develop His character and His traits within us, such as empathy, compassion, understanding, and charity. We must have faith, hope, and charity. We must. Remember, please, all that is unfair can be made right through the atonement of Jesus Christ, and that even includes the Rwanda genocide. Unfairness does one of two things. It either pushes us away from God or towards God. We become hard or we become teachable and humble. It is up to us, each of us. Our choices matter. We need to allow Christ to swallow up our afflictions in Christ's joy. The Savior ministers to each of us in all of our distress. He is always there. Make no mistake. He is always there. For those who come unto Him, they will receive a crown of glory. And it is so, so very worth it. Come what may and love it. We can truly do this through faith, charity, hope, and trust in Christ and God. To heal the brokenhearted is to restore those whose mind, will, intellect, or inner self has been shattered or crushed. And this is what Christ does for us and what we can do for those in our sphere of influence. It is a tremendous blessing. Going back to the trial that I had where my parents told me I could not visit the home because a family member who I've had a very difficult relationship with would be visiting at that time. I experienced feelings that I did not expect to experience. I had to wrestle with hurt feelings and uh, I have to admit those feelings manifested itself in anger and sadness. But at some point I chose to handle the situation with my face and faith and trust in Christ. He helped me to overlook the perceived attitude of lack of care and to know that they truly did not mean any harm. They too are in a difficult situation. I have family members who would tell me that they're picking this other person over me, my own parents, and I understand why they think that and see that, that that's their perception, I really do. But the beautiful thing about using our faith and trust in Christ and God is that He can enlighten our minds to understand with a perfect understanding of what really is going on. And what I was taught is that my parents are not being mean or cruel to me. They're not trying to put me off and not have a part of my life. They're just trying to do right by this one person too. They're trying to help them and their eternal conquest and path to make it back to the celestial kingdom. And I get it. Thankfully, the Spirit of God has shown that to me and has taught me that my parents don't have a malicious bone in their body. They're stuck in a hard place too. And the compassion and empathy and understanding that was given to me helped me to find peace with the situation and to be emotionally resilient. 
and I am grateful for this blessing of love and tenderness and care. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by President Nelson, our beloved prophet. He's asked us to lead out and to let God prevail. And he says, quote, Today I call upon our members everywhere to lead out in abandoning attitudes and actions of prejudice. I plead with you to promote respect for all of God's children. We can receive that crown of beauty spoken of in the scriptures, which means that we become joint heirs with Christ in the kingdom of God. This is the promise from our beloved prophet, who receives his instruction from Jesus Christ, who sits at the head of this church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We can trust this, and we can believe that we will become joint heirs with Christ in the kingdom of God. What a glorious blessing and piece of knowledge that is imparted to us to help keep us in it and to endure, to thrive, and to prevail. And I leave this with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. I love to hear from you guys. Please continue to reach out. Thank you so much for your faith and the stories that you share, for the sweet, kind messages that you leave. I am so grateful to know that this missionary effort is helping at least a few of you that are listening. I'm hoping that it's more. And please know that my greatest wish is that something that was shared today will help you in your life, that the Spirit can impress upon your mind and heart what you need to know to help you with the unfairness in your life and the things that are going on. With great love, respect, and faith, please remember to be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. Until next week, much love and God bless.